Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Dean Blair. And today on the show, we have a very special guest. It is Mr. Dean Blair from Fox Plan. Uh, Andrew is not with us today, and, for the, and he won't be for the next five episodes, because we've just been holding seminars around the country, as you will have heard on previous podcasts. We had our Wellington Investment Seminar last night, and we had that in conjunction and in partnership with Fox Plan. And Dean was speaking last night, and Andrew and I looked at each other and thought, we need to get Dean on the podcast because he's got so much value to share and so many stories. So the topic of today's show is going to be, don't be a, I think I can say this, uh, <laughs> dick with your money. I think that's okay. I know there are some kids listening. Sorry, parents. Um, and, and this is such an important topic because Dean uh, presented on this last night and he's got an amazing story, uh, a personal story that he's, he's going to share now. I'll hand it over to you, Dean, to talk a little bit about this topic. Hi, thanks. Yeah, so... The don't be a dick with my money is it came about really as we were evolving our, th- these seminars and workshops that we do and how do we resonate with people and, and I reflected on why I do what I do, why am I a financial planner or a financial coach and I was that typical Kiwi kid growing up, you know, had a great upbringing and as I went into the workforce, left home, Life was about me and today and now. It was all about the moment. And don't be a dick with your money. is isn't just about that we might spend our money frivolously or make poor decisions, but it's the overall decisions we make about our whole financial lives. And for me, you know, leaving, leaving home at a, at a young age and um, meeting a girl and getting married and having children young and, and all of those things that I suppose you do, but still being quite selfish about my life and who I was living in the moment. You know, that, that Kiwi attitude, she'll be right, we're going to figure it out later, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, a father with two children, built a house up in Pukadua Bay, not a mansion but a house, and, and thinking that, you know, life's fine, life's good, I'm, here I am, I'm a dad, I'm on the property ladder, um, earning okay money, but it's hard because it's one income coming into a family when you've mm-hmm. got two children. And still, though, being quite selfish that I'm working, um, you know, being a, being a family man, but training and riding my mountain bike constantly because I'm a, I'll stress, I'm an, I was an amateur competitive mountain biker and, you know, life was revolved around, you know, working, earning money and, and training and racing because it's what I was, I was just caught up in my world. But again, it was that attitude that stuff goes wrong with other people. Nothing will ever go wrong in my life. I'm bulletproof. What could ever go wrong? I'm one of those lucky people. You know, we all know someone that's had one of those, those stories about people getting ill or something happening. But the attitude I think of a lot of Kiwis is, oh, how lucky are we? It won't happen to us. But on the 16th of July 1994, I made a poor decision on a training ride for an event, and it happened to me. I crashed. I broke my neck in two places, which was a C2 fracture front and back of C2, which is typically a fatal injury. And an injury that can, you know, if you do survive it, the likelihood of walking again is, is incredibly slim. And I'm incredibly lucky because I came out the other side normal. If People might challenge that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I came out the other end after a long period in hospital and traction, three and a half months flat on my back, and, and all those indignities that you experience in that sort of situation. You know, learnt to stand, learnt to walk and, and eventually function again. But one of my dumb 
maybe I'll stop using that rude word, one of my dumb decisions was if someone had come to me back in those days and talked to me about insurance, protecting your income and disability insurances, I would have told them to take a hike. I was never going to spend the money on that because I'm young, I'm fit, I'm healthy, and those things don't happen to my family. It's never going to happen to me. But what a dumb decision because financially that was an incredibly difficult time. ACC was there to pay 80% of the income, but in those days with one income, and I was a mechanic in those days, a lot of cash was generated through perk jobs and things to help run the family Mm -hmm. because it was tight. It's real. I get it for how hard it is for people. So that financial stress was immense, and there's a lot of things you go through in those sorts of events, and eventually the marriage collapsed and, and didn't work and... You know, I, I, you come out the other end, and I'm, I'm very blessed and happy to be you know, married with you know, an amazing wife and two lovely kids, and I've got my older kids from that previous relationship. So I'm really lucky, very, very lucky. But it taught me a really valuable lesson. And then, you know, just when you think nothing else can go wrong in life, I've been punched twice, surely you can't be that unlucky to have a third blow, was then the event that my parents went through, you know, I I went on to have a very successful career in automotive industry, but was looking for something different, was looking for more than being an employee, I suppose. And I had a call from my father one day, I was 43, I'll never forget this day, and I'm 43 thinking about changing my career, which is frightening at that age. And Dad's old school, love my father, an amazing man, but he's very old school. He, you know, I never saw Dad really express a lot of emotions and surely, certainly had never seen my father crying, for goodness sake. And Dad's on the phone and he's incredibly upset and my heart sunk immediately, what's wrong? Is it Mum, what's going on? And Dad was calling to tell me a little bit of a story about how they'd, you know, they'd worked hard with their business their whole lives, they'd saved hard, they had money in the bank and you know, back in those days you probably earned some there's probably some interest to be earned in those days with money in the bank. But they were 60 and thought their retirement plan's not in place. We better do something about retirement. Now at 60, you could say it's too late, but there was probably hope. But what they did was they were sucked into you know, the, the newspaper articles, the people on television, people you were familiar with and trusted because of who they were in, in the New Zealand sort of um, public eye. And these amazing returns, you know, returns too good to be true, guaranteed returns, and mum and dad, unfortunately, were sucked in and invested all their money. And dad was calling me that day to say that they'd put everything in Bridge Corp, and he was calling to say the money's gone. Those emotions were huge. I was angry. I was sad. I was, this isn't fair. Why is this happening to me? This doesn't happen to us. But in a moment, it made me realise that I'm looking at joining financial services. I'm, I'm considering becoming a financial advisor. This is the reason why I need to do this. I need to stop people doing what mum and dad did. I'm not blaming either parties involved here, but what I'm saying is at age 60, you don't take risks like that. You've left it too goddamn late. You should have been organised sooner, but don't take those risks. You can't afford to take them. Yes, and then I think in our next episode, or one of the next five episodes we'll record, we'll start talking about well, what are the options that people m- might do uh, at that age. But I, I really want to ask, um, coming back to, to when you were in hospital and, and the steps you perhaps, uh, steps that would have benefited you more had you taken them before that accident, what, looking back now, what should you have done? Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> many things. Um, simple insurances in place, um, cash reserves you know, some cash reserves to get you through those periods of, of no income or 
lower income as as you're going on claim with say the ACC thing doesn't happen immediately. Um, we're lucky to have that in this country, so it saved our butts. Um, but family members of my employer at the time, I had no idea of this. We're actually assisting my wife at the time to pay the odd bill and things and help out. So the things I should have done is I should have protected my income. It's my it's your most valuable asset. You, know, you turn off your income, what do you do? You're relying on other people or the state or family or whatever it may be. We should have had some cash reserves to weather that period. Um, you know, lump sum permanent disablement insurance, if my outcome had been different, that's financial death. Yes, you survive it, but if you're per- totally permanently disabled, it's like financial death. You're never probably going to work ever again in your life. And there's changes, you know, the house we were living in would not have been appropriate. You can sell it and buy another one, but there's transaction costs, legal costs. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. And and the insurance, say, say uh, it's income replacement insurance? Yes. What, what would that have cost per, per week, per month? Uh, oh, back then, on the income I was on and the age I was, probably lucky if it was $80 a month. And what would that have given you in the uh, in the event that, that that happened? What would that have done for you? Removed 90% of the stress and the worries. Yeah. And allowed me to focus on getting better not worrying about the money, being able to focus on where you need to be focused. Fantastic. Well, let's leave it at that for this episode, and we'll come back to this in the next couple of episodes we'll be doing. So let's bring in that outro music I like so much. Thank you for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Dean Blair. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with more daily insights, strategies, and tactics to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.